Welcome to Heard at Heritage. Heard at Heritage features cutting-edge analysis and thought from leading experts in and across the conservative movement, as well as premier events and programming from the Heritage Foundation here in the heart of Washington, D.C., brought straight to you. Welcome to Senator Rick Scott and Dr. Kevin Roberts on Rescuing America. Please welcome the president of the Heritage Foundation, Dr. Kevin Roberts. It's a great day to be alive in the nation's capital. Thanks for joining us, a full auditorium, many people online. And I think that's probably because a vast majority of Americans know that if you want to get something done, you need to have a plan. So thanks for being here. We will start the program. There was an important vote, which is why we started a little bit late. But as I just told the senator, don't sweat that. Blame me. And everything will be fine. I know you're here to hear from him. And so my comments will be brief. But I really wanted to emphasize as we start this for all of you in the audience, and I'm sure we have folks from across the political spectrum here. We love that because after all, this is America. And certainly that's true online that wherever you are on the political spectrum, wherever, whatever flavor of conservative you might be as well, we know that deep down in our heart, there's something broken in this town. And what's broken in this town is an over-centralization over of power that's way too expensive, that's spending too much of our money. And as we contemplate the midterm elections and elections in the future, whatever they may be, that Americans expect us to lead. And so the reason we're doing this event is to celebrate any member of the United States Congress who wants to put out a plan, as Senator Scott has done, especially one, as would not be a surprise to you because you know heritage, that is conservative. And so we're happy to welcome this discussion about the Senator's plan. You will also know today that Heritage has released its own plan. And while it looks a little bit smaller and a little bit thinner, you know there's a lot of research on our website about that. This is the point. 70%, seven out of every 10, or all, uh, 10 conservative voters want a plan for the midterm elections. 70% of right of center voters are saying that Washington needs to understand that it isn't just enough to win elections, that when those elections are presumably won by the conservative side, that there needs to be a conservative governing plan. Whether it's on big tech, whether it's on China, whether it is on the worst form of taxation, which is the rate of spending that's happening in this city, conservatives are expecting change. And so it is a great honor and privilege, first to cue a video from Senator Scott, and then I will welcome on stage thereafter. Thanks for being here. Great nations don't automatically last forever. Consider our situation in America today. The militant left now controls the entire federal government, the news media, universities, Hollywood, big tech, and most corporate boardrooms. But they want more. They're redefining America and silencing their opponents. I'm Rick Scott, and I've written a plan to stop these lunatics. I urge you to take a look at rescueamerica.com. This plan is going to anger a lot of people, a lot. The Democrats, they will say my plan is anti-woke. They will condemn it and they will try to shut me up. That's what they do. They can't win debates, so they just try to silence their opponents. They're modern day tyrants in that regard. The Washington Insiders, they're gonna say it's unattainable and unrealistic. 
And you know what? For them, they're right. They have failed. It's time for them to go. But this plan will resonate with the American people. It's all up to us. We can turn this country around and make America's future great. Or we can sit quietly and watch as it burns down all around us. So yes, my plan will be very unpopular in Washington, D.C. But outside of Washington, in real America, people are ready to fight back. People are ready to rally and rescue America from the woke lunatics who think they're in charge. Join the fight. Read the plan at rescueamerica.com. Let's get to work. Please join me in welcoming Senator Rick Scott. Good afternoon. As the guy in the video said, <laughs> great nations don't automatically last forever. Writing about Rome, historian Will Durant said, a great civilization is not conquered from without until it has first destroyed itself from within. Great civilizations that have collapsed or been conquered by a foreign adversary were first hollowed out from the inside. We Americans are the most spoiled people on earth. We have been given such a great heritage, and we're taking it for granted. The founding fathers of our country, men like George Washington, Thomas Jefferson, and James Madison, men who are now considered to be evil racist, according to the top scholars in America's most elite universities, these men have set us on a course for success the world has never before seen. We survived the War of 1812, World War I, World War II, Korea, Vietnam, and the Cold War. But now today we face the greatest danger we have ever faced. The militant left wing in our country has become the enemy within. Let's do a quick situation report. The militant left has seized control of our economy, our culture, and our country. When you turn on the news at night, do you even recognize the country you see? Are you worried for your family? Are you worried for your freedoms? The woke left now controls the Democrat Party, the entire federal government, the news media, academia, big tech, Hollywood, most corporate boardrooms, and now even some of our top military leaders. They're working hard to redefine America, silence their opponents, and that means you. They're destroying just about everything they touch, and they, hand, and they have their hands about on everything. Here's what they're trying to destroy, American history, Patriotism, border security, gender, traditional morality, capitalism, fiscal responsibility, opportunity, rugged individualism, Judeo-Christian values, free speech, law enforcement, religious liberty, parental involvement in schools, and even private ownership of firearms. The woke left wants all of that gone. They want to end the American experiment. They want to replace freedom with control. The elites in the government are telling us what we can and cannot believe, what we can think, and what we can do. They want to control our lives. In their new socialist America, everyone will obey, and no one will be allowed to complain. If you do speak up, boom, you're going to be canceled. Your views, if they don't, if they don't conform to big tech, or Fauci, or Neil Young, 
Well, you're going to be taken off of Spotify, YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. The militant left in America today are the modern-day version of book burners. Canceling, silencing, and banning you from the Internet, it's book burning. These are the most narrow-minded, intolerant people our country has ever seen. And they're remarkably ignorant of both world history and American history. Socialism always leads to two things, poverty and oppression. We, we know socialism is not a new idea. It's one of the oldest, dumbest, and most discredited ideas of the 20th century that resulted in 100 million deaths. Yet these Democrats who have no idea how the real world works are acting like they just invented socialism. The modern wacky left Democrat has never read George Orwell. They don't know they're making his predictions come true. Let me be clear. What the militant left is now proposing is not simply wrong. It is evil, and the results are always evil. Now, the Biden presidency has brought us one new thing. They've successfully merged radical left-wing policies with growth, gross incompetence. And it's hurting people. It's hurting families with rip-roaring inflation, empty shelves, dangerous invasion of our border, drugs and criminals marching in every day, escalating spending and debt, the inept withdrawal from Afghanistan, left-wing indoctrination of children in public schools, and murder in our communities. Criminals are not being prosecuted, but police are being executed. All this makes you stop and ask, is this the beginning of the end of America? Well, it could be, but only if we allow it. So here's some good news. The backlash is coming. The opposition is building. Americans in flyover country have had absolutely enough of this woke elitist nonsense. We want our freedom back. It's actually time to rescue America. The American people are going to deliver a complete butt kicking to the Democrats this November. But after we win, then what? That's what I came to talk about. If the Republicans return to Washington's business as usual, if we have no bigger plan to be a, than to be a speed bump on the road to America's socialism and collapse, we don't deserve to govern. In Washington, we don't just need new majorities in the House and Senate, we actually need a new plan. So I released an 11-point plan to rescue America. It's got 128 specific policy ideas. I'm a business guy. I believe the hour is late for this country, and we simply must have a plan. But we can't just say, oh, gosh, we're going to do our best and hope it all works out. If you want to turn something around, you make a plan, you make big changes, and you don't do it in five years, you do it today. So you can go to rescueamerica.com. You can read the entire plan, but let me just mention a few points. The plan calls for every child in every school to say the Pledge of Allegiance, stand for the national anthem, and learn that America is the greatest country in the world. The plan calls for a complete end to racial politics. Look, the, the government shouldn't be asking us what our skin color is or our race on any government form. We're all made in the image of God. To judge a person on the color of their skin is absolutely immoral. The, the plan says we're going to treat socialism, socialism as a foreign adversary, and we're going to use all forces to stop it from destroying this great country. The plan calls for the end to our economic relationship with communist China. We must extract ourselves from dependence on communist China and stop buying their products. They want to destroy us, 
They want to destroy us, and we cannot rely on them for anything. Not pharmaceuticals, computer chips, TVs, clothing, cheap toys, any other crap. Here's one that's going to make me even less popular in D.C. The plan calls for term limits. Not just for politicians, but also for government bureaucrats. We've got to eliminate the permanent ruling class of Washington that thinks that our government belongs to them. The plan makes some terribly controversial points, such as men are men, women are women, there are two genders, and science confirms that unborn babies are human beings. The plan calls for a complete end to voter fraud and for, and for protecting the integrity of our elections. Look, Democrats know they can't win with their crazy woke ideas, so they've got to rig elections and institutionalize voter fraud. And we're never going to allow it. We must declare an end to the foolish soft-on-crime soft policies. They're just destroying our cities and killing innocent Americans. We must fully fund the police and teach our kids that the police are the good guys and the criminals are the bad guys. Finally, nations have borders. We're going to secure a border. We're going to build the damn wall. And when we do it, we're going to name it after Donald J. Trump. We've got a lot of other ideas, um, but you all know what the critics in Washington are going to say. They're going to say, I'm not woke enough, and I'm not serious. They'll say, I'm racist in some way or the other, because that's what they do when they disagree with you. Look, Washington's full of a bunch of do-nothing people who believe that no conservative idea can ever happen. Nothing will change for the better as long as they're in charge, and that's why we're going to get rid of them. Some Republicans are going to complain about the plan. They'll do it with anonymous quotes. Some not so anonymous. They'll argue that Democrats will use it against us in the election. I hope they do. My response is bring it on. We should have no fear. I have no fear of standing up for what I believe in to rescue this country. It's a kind of old thinking that got us exactly where we are today, where we don't control the House, the White House, or the Senate. I think it's, it's time for us all to get serious. It's time to have a plan. It's time to execute on a plan. I believe we're going to win this fight. I think freedom is worth fighting for. I think this country is worth fighting for. So I hope you'll read the plan and give me your ideas. Look, there's going to be things in there you might not agree with, and that's okay. Give me your ideas. Certainly things we can change, and we will. But this is not the time to be timid. This is the time we need to be bold. Our nation's future can be bright. But we've got to have a plan to take this country back. The fight to risk America from socialism is all of our fight. The fight for freedom is a fighter of our lifetime. We cannot allow ourselves to be controlled by the Democrats, by government, by the, elite, by the elites, by anybody. We must and we're going to prevail. Thank you for the opportunity to be here. Senator, I'm going to get to a question for you right away, but first want to introduce my friend and colleague and one of your friends, our Executive Director of Heritage Action for America, Jessica Anderson. Please welcome Jessica. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So being a Southern guide, Senator, I would usually start with, with ladies first, but there's a pressing question I have to ask you yeah. about your plan, and it's, it's really because you and I share at least a couple of attributes. One is our haircut. 
Sign of intelligence. Yeah. That's what I keep telling myself, brother. And, and the second is that when confronted with a challenge, and, and this would be an attribute all of my colleagues at Heritage share, we just face it head on. Yep. And, and you've gotten a lot of flack from the left and the right that, quote unquote, your plan would raise taxes. Right. Take it away. Sure. Well, first off, the I'm not going to raise taxes. But we've got Democrats who are lying about the plan, and we've got Republicans that are parroting what they're saying. First off, let's look at my background. I'll put my background up against anybody in the U.S. Senate, anybody. As governor, I cut taxes and fees 100 times, and I stopped all tax increases and all fee increases. And they try to do it every year. Right? So I'm not going to raise taxes on anybody. We, we have the American public that are working hard. They're paying income taxes and sales taxes and fees out the gazoo. We have our retirees that are paid into programs like Medicare and Social Security. But then, what do we have? We have people that have figured out how to, you know, they, they could work. They're able-bodied, but they don't want to work, and they've figured out how to get on a government program. That's wrong. I grew up in a very poor family. We lived in public housing. I, I, we, we, my mom made sure we went to church every Sunday. I told her, Mom, no one goes to church as much as us. <laughs> and she says, we don't have any money, but every time you go to church, I don't care if you take a penny. This is our church. We're all going to be part of it. I believe this country, we all have to be participating. And so I'm going to make sure I'm not going to allow anybody that's paying their taxes now, their taxes to go up. But if you're sitting on your butt and you could work and you just want to rely on government, I'm going to stop and I'm going to do everything I can to make sure that doesn't happen. Thanks for that response, Senator. Jessica, it's a bit of a softball for you because you're articulate on, on all policy issues. But same question, basically, with a little bit of a twist, and it is to, to integrate into this the work that you and your colleagues at Heritage Action do on this issue of taxation of fiscal restraint, but really more broadly about the importance of a plan itself. Mm. Well, absolutely, and it's great to, to join you all this morning. Thank you for, for having me. So first, we agree there's no need to raise taxes on the American people. But what is at the heart, I think, of the discussion you've, you've rightly started, Senator, is that we need to stop incentivizing people to stay home. We need to incentivize them to get back to work. And so people need to have skin in the game. All of us, we do. And as uh, executive director of Heritage Action, we have a membership of 2 million activists across the country. And that's what I hear from them every single day. Skin in the game, and what's the plan? So it's a honor to be part of casting a vision and a roadmap for the American people that are based on the core principles of our society. The feedback we get on the road, you get it as well, is that voters, they don't want to give over the reins of Washington to people if, if there's not a clear direction of where we're going. It's not enough just to run, run against something. You have to be for something. So when the Heritage Foundation, when Senator Scott comes out with a robust plan that says, we're going to fight China, we're going to tackle big tech, we're going to cut spending, we're going to tackle inflation, uh, we're going to make America energy independent and uh, American energy first. Those are the types of things that are resonating so deeply with voters, and they're certainly resonating with our Heritage Action activists. And so from our end, we're going to do our part uh, to put these principles in front of voters this year. We're going to go door to door. We're going to engage with voters at the community and most basic level. And we're going to talk about what we're for as opposed to just what we're against. We think that will allow us to win. And then hopefully, uh, if conservatives are able to take back Washington, there will be a clear mandate from the American people for what they do, 
when they join you here in Washington and certainly at state capitals all across the country that also, as we know, governors, as you are a former governor, have a lot of skin in this game as well. Thanks so much for that, Jessica. So, Senator, back to you for kind of a follow-up question to the follow-up question. And, and it is, going back to a little while ago, you called Jessica and me and you said that your plan's coming out imminently. And I forget if I asked you this question. So this is, you're kind of halfway expecting a question like this, but maybe not worded this way. Was there a particular moment where you said, I, I have to put a plan together? And, and what was that moment? Was it a conversation with a constituent? Was it a conversation with a colleague? What was it that prompted that? Because I think that would tell us a lot about what average Americans are feeling. So here's the way I thought about it. I'm a business guy. I've started a lot of businesses and I built businesses. Every time we had a written plan, then I built a management team around that plan, and then we ex executed. When I ran for governor, I had a seven-step plan to get 700,000 jobs. Every economist said we couldn't do it because Florida had lost 800,000 jobs in the four years before I became governor. And we just, we won. I think we won because they said, I don't know that guy because I'd never run for office before, but I said, that guy's at least got a plan. And I think that's how, that's how I won. And so, and we worked the plan every day. I've been up here for three years. What's the plan? I mean, let me, let me give you something we thought about this week when the budget came out. What percentage, just think about this for a second, what percentage population growth have we had in the last 20 years in this country? What's a guess? I think it's 16%. Something like that. How much has the budget gone up? If you take the 5.8 trillion, fourfold. Hmm. I think it's 16%. I mean, this can't last. I mean, you know this is not, this can't last. You can't keep, you can't keep spending trillions of dollars extra every year. And what, think about, we're not, we're not funding Medicare fully. We're not funding Social Security. Would you tell your kids, hey, be dependent on me I know I don't, I'm not going to tell you I don't have the money to take care of you. Would you ever do that to your kids? Or will you tell your kids when you bring them up, hey, I want you to be dependent on me the rest of your life? No, you wouldn't do that stuff. That's what this government's doing. This government is telling people, you can be dependent on us, don't worry about anything. And then they're not doing it. That's wrong. And up here, I mean, I've been up here three years. Have we, have we, have we improved Medicare? No, we just voted to hurt it. We just voted to put it in a worse position. Have we done anything to make sure Social Security lasts? Have we, I mean, you, you look at this, what are we doing? Why are we up here? I mean, I came up here to get something done. And so, I don't know, Kevin, the day, but I mean, I've been thinking about, because we, so my office, I have a plan. At the NRC, I have a plan. And so I said, let's, I mean, we're gonna, I'm gonna go and, and I just wanna have a conversation. I don't care if people agree with me. Let's decide. Then, then when we win, we're going to say, these are the 10 things we're going to do. I mean, well, Newt did it. He, he did very well. And, and very much to your credit, and, and I don't at all mean this in a patronizing way, but just a very candid way, when you and I spoke about the plan and I said, Senator, we're, we're all on board. And you said something like, Kevin, you haven't seen the plan. I said, we're on board with the idea of a plan. Right. Your being here is not an endorsement of every detail, and you know that. And, you know, you're, you're a straight-up enough guy to know that's okay. Yeah. That's the point. So we welcome, you know, if there are capital staffers here. We welcome your bosses doing the same thing. If you're watching, you're a member of Congress, respectfully on behalf of Heritage, we welcome this. We'd love for you to be sitting here as you would. 
you have, have sparked what we hope to be a national conversation. And to that point, Jessica, you and I and some of our colleagues just landed a couple hours ago from the great state of Florida, Senator, and we were with some real Americans. Not that y'all are not real Americans, <laughs> but you know what I mean. We're sitting here in the nation's capital, and it was just loud and clear that, guys, what's the plan for moving forward? And so you've done this for a while, Jessica. Give us some insight into what we're hearing from the grassroots, from rank-and-file Americans about this very idea of even trying to take back Washington with a plan. Yeah. Well, I think the sentiments expressed here are, are dead on. Americans like me were hungry for real leadership. And so, you know, right now there's kind of three main um, hot spot issues that, are, that I hear the most from the grassroots and hear the most uh, when you get out of Washington. The first is parental rights. And so parents are craving the ability to know what their kids are learning, having transparency of that curriculum, and having a say in, in what their kids do all day. I mean, I, I'm a mother, I have a third grader, he's in school more than he's home with me on any given week. And so as a mom, I too want to know what my kid is learning and have some mechanism for accountability to that. And just because he goes to a public school instead of a private school, it doesn't mean I lose that right to have accountability and transparency. So that's, that's the first thing we keep hearing. Um, I think there's a big push then from, from the parental rates straight into a larger conversation on school choice, but we'll, we'll get to that later. Uh, the second thing that we hear a lot of is, is really more in the form of a question of, okay, we know that there's a threat from China, but what does that mean and what do we then do? It's, it's very um, convoluted right now. It's, it's almost like a boogeyman uh, because we've been so conditioned to rely on, on China for everything that you outlined, uh, our toys to our, our medicines, and the truth is the influence is, is out of control in the country. So Americans are, are right to first question the influence and threat and then to begin a discussion about how do we unclaw that and have American independence and an America first strategy that decouples us from the Chinese government. So that's the second thing we hear. And then the, the third really is this issue of big tech. And, and it, it goes, it permeates in, in all different kind of ways. First was censorship online. You know, as a conservative, my posts are coming down, or I'm not seeing things the right way. Is there an algorithm? You know, that was the question a year ago. And now it's outright, well, big tech is conspiring, conspiring uh, with the government to silence conservatives, and now they're conspiring with corporate America. And there's this huge woke corporate or woke capitalist uh, view that is beginning to silence everyday average Americans. So those are the three things I hear the most on the road. I think both plans from the Heritage Foundation and from you, Senator Scott, tackle these dead on. They will resonate deeply uh, and meaningfully with where parents are, or with, with where all voters are right now, but in particular parents, because of the cultural and education uh, items that are embedded in both of the plans. There's a lot of truth to that. So I would sit here and talk to the two of you for the rest of the afternoon. I'm sure our audience would welcome that. However, schedules are what schedules are. And so I'll, I'll pitch the last question to you, Senator, and, and it's one that focuses on rank-and-file Americans, whether they be Floridians or people in other states. We know some of the response you've gotten from the nation's capital. What's the response been like from real people? Oh, you should go, you should go with me. I do, we do roundtables. Um, I've done them around Florida. People are excited. Mm -hmm. they're exci you know, they're excited that somebody has an idea what they want to do. Right? And it's, it's what Jessica said. People are scared right now. They're really worried about our country. They're, they actually, this is, this is the most anybody's ever said they, they're, they're worried. Um, you know, I think in my lifetime uh, that, that people have said this. So, you know, people are excited that somebody has a plan. And I've been very clear. I don't expect everybody to agree with everything. But I expect to have a conversation. 
I mean, I'm fascinated that people just say, no, we don't, we don't want to have a conversation, or, or they'll, they'll lie about what it says. It doesn't make any sense to me. But, that, I mean, I, that's why we are where we are. We have, I mean, think about it. We have a budget of, I mean, the budget is $5.8 trillion. There's, it's like, you know, what, you know how you compromise up here? You spend more money. So there's a day of reckoning. When I became, people forget this, that you, I'm, I'm very optimistic about where we're going. So stop and think about this. When I became governor of Florida, we had lost 800,000 jobs in four years. More people left Florida in 2010 than moved in. Home prices dropped 50%. I had a $4 billion budget deficit. So it's sort of, the same, we had a pension plan underfunded. So it's sort of the same problems we have up here. All we did is we went every day and tackled it. We can do the exact same thing here. But you can't do it if you don't say, I have a problem, how am I going to fix it, and go do it. So I'm a, my goal is get a conversation going so we, when we win in November, we are hell-bent on getting things done. It's going to be, and that's what people want. I mean, it's fun. You should, you, you're welcome to come. Um, the, because I'm doing them all over Florida, I'll be doing, I know I'm doing, uh, Lisa's here, we're doing Orlando and Tampa, the next two. But it's fun just to talk to people. You know, you should be governor of Florida, by the way, it's a ball. Um, the, <laughs> I shook, I shook hands. I shook hands with 500,000 people in eight years. If you go to a Chick-fil-A with me, it's a half hour to get a tea. And that's something at Chick-fil-A. Yeah, because because everybody, you know, you, I got to talk to everybody, yeah. and all their kids knew who I was. It's a ball, and you can excite people about where you can go. I used to go. I'll tell you one last story. I used to go to schools. All right, my wife went to more schools than I did, but I'd go to schools, and I'd start off by saying, "I just wanted to let you know, I don't know my dad. I never met him in my life." I said I was, I was raised by a single mom who eventually remarried uh, to a guy with a sixth grade education. I said, we lived in public housing. And so then you got at least people's attention. I said, how many of you want to be governor? Right? Well, eh, maybe one or two. Johnny is going to be governor, something like that. But then I said, here's the deal. You get, to, you get to live in the governor's mansion. You go to the state capitol. You get a big office. You can meet the president. You can meet kings and queens. Get pizza, ice cream, 24 hours a day. You have secret service. I said, how many of you want to be governor? They're all going to be governor, right? <laughs> I said, here's the deal. You have to study really hard. And you have to go get a job. You got to get a job as early as you can, and you got to start working. <clears throat> That's how this country was built. That's how it was built. Well, we very few people grew up rich. They grew up with opportunity. I have seven grandkids. The biggest thing I can give them is a country where they have the same shot at the dream as I had. I mean, they have a, they're guaranteed success. I tell my daughters, you'll never try as many things as I did because I had to. But thank God I had that opportunity. That's what I want. That's the country I want back, and that's the country I'm going to make sure we get back. A powerful reminder, Senator, that in this world of public policy and politics, it really is about individual humans and yeah. really really grateful it's fun. For, you, for your saying that and and your your optimism your enthusiasm about the future is is infectious so thank yeah. you so as i said it'd be great to sit here for a while but unfortunately we can't i just want to make a couple of, of notes to you in the audience including online thanks for being here mm -hmm. i know that there are a lot of you in here who have quibbles with some of the senators plan with heritage's plan some of you might disagree with everything it's America, that's sort of the point. And what we want to do is facilitate a discussion. And just a reminder, which we try to live by here at Heritage, that 
civil discourse is not unanimity of opinion. It, in fact, is the exact opposite. That healthy, healthy civil discourse is one where we can have conversations, have some differences of opinion. And on that point, it is so great to see so many members of the Washington Press Corps here. And I mean it when I say it, I no sarcasm here. Whatever outlet you're writing for, publishing for, we're grateful you're here. You're welcome here every day. It's America. And on that point, we want to give you some courtesy, have the senator step out. Jessica and I will follow him. If the rest of you can just remain seated to give us time to do that, we'd be grateful. But please join me in thanking Senator Rick Scott and Jessica Anderson. Thank you. Thank you.